Hey, Zookeepers, it's 2021. What's up? It's the first episode back for the new year, even though it's like going to be like uh, January 14th when it comes out. But uh, we decided to do a little something special for this episode. We're doing a recap of all of the pop culture we consumed and enjoyed in 2020, and some we didn't. And I had fun discussion with Ashley Ray uh, of the podcast TV I Say, and just all-around great comedy person. And uh, if you like what you hear, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and follow us on Spotify. It always helps. A tweet at us on uh, at Podzuki. Uh, you know, just at Podzuki. Lucky to get that handle. And whatever you tweet at us, we'll read on air. Always kind of fun. And, uh, you know, hopefully it's a good year. It's not looking that way so far, but uh, fingers crossed. Render unto Ghidra what is Ghidra's. Ten to one he sees you through a beaker and a tweezers. Read the fine print and be like, what's the big deal? Spun wheels of steel since broke wheel, big wheel. Back when it was greasy as a curl, now it's easy dread. Had a rhyme on how they used to tease him about his peasy head. Yes, yes, y'all, to the beat. Have a ball. Nice. Uh, hey, oh, hey, guys, it's a whole brand new year. It's 2021, and we're definitely not recording this in 2020, so there's some weird energy still. Also, uh, everything will be fixed in, with, I guess, a month, especially with the Biden administration, because he's doing such a bang-up job already. Definitely not all of the fears we had coming to life as we speak. Anyways, welcome to Podzuki, uh, a, a podcast where we talk about monster movies and kaijus sometimes. That's, I think that's the new slogan we should go with, because we've, we've gotten off the track, but it's also really fun when we do. I mean, we had that whole episode where we just... Talked about Smash Brother characters with Billy Dean, so there's that. But anyways, so glad to have you in 2021. I'm one of your co-hosts and one of the Kaiju Hollywood bad boys, Brandon Kirkman. I'm another one of your co-hosts, the Hollywood Kaiju Hollywood bad boy, Luke Evans Flip. <laughs> hey, it's me, your third co-host and Hollywood Kaiju bad boy, Martin Felschman. And oh my god, I think we're all excited for this one. Who's who's our amazing guest we've got here? Hey, I'm Ashley Ray. Uh, I'm so excited to be here. I will be honest, I don't like know much about monsters uh, or kaiju's. I've seen, uh, you know, the the movie everybody's seen, I guess, with Pacific Rim. Yeah, I mean, hey, yeah, it's yeah. just one. So I, you know, I got yeah, I got you, that. The yeah. only reason most Americans know what a kaiju is, know the word. I knew what a kaiju was. Yeah, right. You know, I exactly. Know. So, oh, and I watch, uh, I remember, I watch, uh, oh, my, my anime friends always make fun of me because I get the name wrong. Uh, I watch, uh, remember the Titan? Like, remember, <laughs> remember the, the Titan? <laughs> 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 the ti- whatever that one is with the big monster people, that shit's terrifying. I watch that one. Okay, we're depositing show. it now oh, that yeah. uh, Attack on Titan is actually the Japanese interpretation on- <laughs> of Remember the Titans. This is their actual <laughs> adaptation of it. I, it might be some sort of revival. I do think there's a connection there, but I, I like that one. We could find it. I mean, it's, I feel like it would be problematic the further we go down that hole, but it would be very fun. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah we we wanted to have you on um uh, especially because you have so many great articles and writings on tv pop culture media in general um also you got that new podcast you just started uh tv i say which i realized today rhymes with your name it took me a yeah, bit to like yeah, why is it yeah. named like this and I people figured, are always like i don't understand and then i'm like well it's because so my name's ashley ray uh and then uh, i'm bad at naming things so i just <laughs> I rhymed something with TV. I mean, here's the question. Is there such thing as a well-named podcast? I would say no, absolutely not. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, like, I knew it was the one when every, my, I said it to my friend, and he was just like, that's horrible. And I was like, "We, I found it. I yeah. found it. That's that's the one. 
but yeah, we're we're having Ashley to do I think a, a, a hopefully long tradition because really like this idea. Luke put it out there. Uh, Luke, t- tell us about this uh, idea you had for our twenty twenty one start. Well, I will, Brandon. And essentially, the idea is we are reviewing. Speaking of monsters, giant monsters, we are reviewing the year twenty twenty through popular culture, like is a culture that we've consumed especially during lockdown was my main idea but anything that we got up in during the year uh, things we liked things we didn't like and things we just thought were significant yeah i have a i have a one mystery zone pick that i think is going to be very fun to talk about but it's uh everybody was stuck indoors because i think we're all responsible adults who don't want to kill a lot of people tied to us in our lives so <laughs> been staying in watching stuff which has been fun uh, everyone loves it it's good. I've consumed way too much. I, I I feel like I tried to keep a lot of my recommendations and stuff to talk about in 2020, but there's definitely some stuff that is just comfort food. I went back to like watching the whole Alien series of Alien, Aliens, and then uh, Alien 3, which is fun. Um, you know, some hit and misses from Ridley Scott and uh, David Fincher. You don't there. watch uh, Resurrection in that? Okay, well, listen, if we're going to get into it right away, Resurrection, I would argue, is better than Alien 3. Uh, by far i think it's that's that's why i asked yeah it's it's a really fun action film and it's really stupid it is absolutely doesn't feel like it fits in the franchise and it gets wacky but it's a fun wacky alien 3 is just miserable like it starts off and like you you know those favorite characters from aliens and how it's like at this great ending well guess what they're dead and they're only mentioned in a footnote like it's how do you even start a film like that in a sequel or a franchise series it's insane to me that's what i like about the third one it's so like depressing everyone's sad and then they die it's great yeah i mean also shout out to david fincher one of his like first directing roles too and that's the look and the feel of the film's great but man it's just it's such a mental slog to get through especially after the high notes of aliens and like yeah i mean it's a little popcorny but i still like that james cameron sequel a ton so i've seen prometheus i okay this is another fun (laughs) debate let's get into this i think prometheus (laughs) is a good film and I'm ready here to stand up for it. Uh, I'm going to, I'll admit a secret uh, right now. And I took a lot of film classes, uh, media classes throughout college. And constantly I had professors who would be like, you have to watch and study Alien. You have to watch and study Alien. And I think because of that, it made me just resent the movie and the whole <laughs> franchise because I just never watched it. I would just read things online and just like based on clips in class, be like, yeah, I can fucking write about a pa- this in a paper or whatever. Like the idea of femininity and, in, in, you know, and being invaded like it was easy to just talk about themes but i never actually watched it and still have not and it's like now this just like glaring blind spot that i'm sharing with the world i guess right here but i i did watch prometheus and was just like i guess that was cool like you know knowing what i know of this franchise like it seems like it's it's hitting all the buttons it should be hitting yeah, I actually think Prometheus would be a fun to watch if you hadn't seen Alien and then you went back and watched that. So if you ever get around to it, but uh, watching Alien... I think I have to now, so I, I'm not embarrassed anymore. Yeah, and hey, they got it on HBO Max, which is kind of nice. They got they got a good collection. Uh, we're brought to you by HBO Max. Uh, <laughs> HBO Max. It's HBO yeah. Max is my, my streaming platform of the year. Yeah. It is, it... <laughs> we're here to support big uh, all the big businesses. We're all Amazon Prime fans. Please, Bezos needs our money. He's doing so hard during these times um yeah alien alien's interesting to watch in 2020 this isn't a big spoiler but like a, a early part of the film is there's Ripley, an alien in it by Sigourney. 
Yeah. <laughs> Damn it, Luke, you fucking ruined it. <laughs> I've heard some about like an alien shows up. Uh, yeah. Ripley, uh, the the cut white shirts. Uh, yeah, I guess we're yeah. just spoiling everything now. Uh, <laughs> I mean, hey, believe it or not. But no, yeah. they uh, they have a huge debate in the film at the beginning of it about letting them back on the ship and about like, hey, he needs to be under quarantine. If he does this, we could all die. And yeah. boy, is that weird to watch in 2020 <laughs> and very president. <laughs> oh, yeah, boy. I, I don't i love uh i do love horror films that are set on ships uh, yes. that is a genre that oh, yeah. i that i absolutely love so i i need to get into it i know i know did you uh do you ever see event horizon no i don't that, think so that's a very fun one that's also super gory and over the top but also very disturbing and has like I feel like it's, uh, I hate using this term, but it's the only thing coming to mind, but, like, if you put Alien on crack, like, it's that ramped up to, like, 11. Yeah, I feel like, uh, okay, I just, like, I did a Google search, and my older cousin, who was, like, she's, like, Gen X, like, teenager when this came out, I was much younger, loved this movie and used to terrorize me with it. Like, Event Horizon? Like, she was very, like, yeah. yeah. She was very into this movie, and I used to think it was just scary and weird looking. And I very much, I just am looking at like you've triggered me. I'm triggered right now. Like I, this is a memory. This is a, a memory I had healed from, and now it's back. You know, I, I think for 2020 review, we should talk about all of our traumatic experiences. I had uh, a very weird, mentally abusive aunt growing up. And then my mom and dad would just let her watch us every once in a while, which not good. Um, but one time it was around Halloween and she decided to lock us in a room and not let us out until we watched Friday the 13th. And I was eight years old. <laughs> yeah, that's horrible. Yeah, that's what yeah. my cousin was like. Like she would lock me in rooms and like she would give me a bobby pin and be like, learning how to get out is a life skill. And I would just be like, I am seven. <laughs> yeah. I don't need this life skill. Here, it did what nothing if- for me. The only thing that happened is when I found out she died, I was like, good. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's uh, that's where it put me mentally. Not a good place. So yeah, you know, I've I've forgiven. I've forgiven. We can laugh now. We can laugh. <laughs> we can laugh. <laughs> I, you know, it might be some time before I can watch this movie. Yeah. It's very true. It took me many years to come around on Friday the Thirteenth for that reason too. Um, let's let's get out of the realm of mental abuse from relatives, but and go into like uh, let's all just name off. I'd say we'll go like uh, round robin on just like any any piece of media that we really enjoyed. Um, I think because I've been talking so much and I need to stop. I'll just go first so we can get to everybody else. Which is the the thing that came to mind most for me right off the bat was. Uh, what we do in the shadows was definitely by far my favorite mm. thing. I think of media I consumed. Yeah, it, yeah. it's got all star s- season. Oh all my god, star second season. This second season, every episode was a fucking hit. It was so well written and so funny. But the thing that I think is rare is that it's truly an ensemble show where like every actor had like an episode that just showed how great and comedic they were. I mean. Just to, like, go and see all these people having, like, such a good time. The fact that, like, Mark Prosex got this huge role, who's a comedian I love that I never thought would be big. And he's, like, the kind of standout, like, star of it next to, I'd say, Matt Berry. It's beautiful, and I didn't realize that it was, uh, almost all of it was written and directed still by uh, Jermaine Clement, which I, I didn't realize he was still that involved in it, but it just, it makes me remember how much I love that crazy little New Zealander, so. <laughs> yeah. Um, I every episode of the second season i've rewatched it already like four times it's so good you can just put it on at any point and just binge the rest of it 
Uh, I think the standout for me is the Jackie Daytona episode. Oh gosh, it's so <laughs> no, that's a great it, one. It's, I mean, as yeah. like a as a huge nerd, I didn't even realize that Mark Hamill was playing like the antagonist in that episode. And then at the end, I'm like, oh my god, that's that's such amazing yeah. casting for such a weird role. Right, and, I kept being like, what is it? What is it? And then shit. it was just like, oh god, yeah. They do yeah, a throwaway lightsaber okay. joke in that episode too, when they're about to fight with pool cues, and he holds it like a lightsaber, and then he waves his hand and tosses it. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, also, the I like that it does a combination of it has a lot of comedic actors I really love. Like Matt Berry is still an all-time great in my book. But then like new people I wasn't familiar with have become quickly my favorite. Like every scene with like Harvey Gullion is just ooh, what a, what a what a funny dude. I I, I love yeah. that whole storyline so much. But uh, yeah, it's I'm looking forward to season three, and uh, that's that's like really. It started in April when things got really bad, so to like have such a good shining light of humor, but also be super dark and disgusting and morbid is exactly what I needed. So, you know, big shout out to that one. I'll, whoever wants to go next for whatever they want to talk about. It can be anything, too, I should say. We're not just doing like things that came out in 2020. Oh, I was just going to quickly piggyback off that. Uh, you were uh, shouting out everyone in the in the cast. I want to shout out the woman. Oh, yeah. As the, the woman on the podcast, I want to shout out... Uh, I actually don't know how to say her last name. Yeah, it's uh, like Demetrio. Yeah, Demetrio. Demetrio. <laughs> I, I know. I can't. I came in so hot. Like, yeah. let me listen. I know her this. first name is Natasha. I know that's yeah, for sure. I, let me defend Natasha. De, hold up, uh, <laughs> Natasha Demetrio. She's so so funny uh, in what we do in the shadows. But she also had another show that said the second season came out this year, Staff Let's Flats on HBO Max. It's a BBC show, uh, and it's another comedy. It's her and her brother run like work for their dad's real estate company, and she's so good. It's like she it's just a, such a totally different character. Like she plays this just like very demure, shy, like just like optimistic dumb girl and then you look at her at what we do in the shadows and you're like this is the one of the most talented women i've ever seen in my life yeah. i have to check that out because she does such a good job on what we do in the shadows i can not yeah. imagine that in any form right now of her playing like it's, a subdued yeah, role she's just like this little sister who's just like oh come on now dad said like we aren't allowed to go dancing tonight bro <laughs> oh my it's God. just it but the, it's i don't it's a weird t- it's, the tone is like the office uh, and she plays kind of like a Pam character. Like she has like this kind of secret romance with a guy and they like have a will they won't they. Uh, but it's just, it, it's a lot more all and kind of weird than the office. Uh, but staff lets flats. It's on the BBC. It's what now it's on HBO max here in the States, but two seasons, check it yeah. out. Once again, brought to you by HBO max, so. HBO max, <laughs> all the best TV. I mean, honestly, they, they do, in my opinion, have the best amount of stuff. Oh, why am I even doing this? I don't need to defend a fucking corporation. <laughs> in H- America. HBO max doesn't need our plug. Okay? Yeah. Even though I will say they have the best documentaries of the year. They yeah. have. Well, HBO max is kind of, it's kind of like the monster from the end of Akira, just kind of expanding. It's going to. It's a very good way to put it. <laughs> it's doing what Netflix should have done and just acquiring yeah. other properties to put it on yep. their service so they have I to mean, come you. You know to what? Netflix told me today they're raising my price to twelve ninety nine, and I said, bye, Netflix. We're done. This oh relationship my was really fun. It was cool, but like. Anything I need to see, I can just watch illegally, or you guys Hell are going to yeah. give me screeners for it. So, yeah. like, what? I can hardly watch Netflix because you can't browse it because of those fucking autoplay trailers. They are the worst. 
Yeah, yes. I hate that shit. I hate absolutely it. hate that shit. I hate it. Um, oh, I, it drives me insane. Uh, and it it the only time it ever worked was the Queen's Gambit, uh, which is on my list. It is. It barely is on my list of best for 2020, but it is on there. Uh, and they just kept fucking playing that wrote the video of her over and over. <laughs> it was like the same intro of like her making a chess move, and finally I was like, I gotta see this out. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Uh, I'm excited to get to that. I have, I have, like I said, I have one that's on the border too. But uh, yeah, Martin or Luke, I think Luke, you had one loaded. Yeah. Uh, too. I'm starting with. Uh, I got a PlayStation Four during the uh, pandemic. Like I was doing pretty okay with money with some of it the, when they were still paying unemployment, so people could stay home. I was able to get myself a PlayStation Four, so I played a lot of Insomniac Spider-Man and Red Dead Red Dead Redemption Two. I'm kind of Ooh, lumping nice. these two in yeah. together. Like they're great video games. I think I like Insomniac Spider-Man a bit more than I did Red Dead Redemption Two because even though like Red Dead Redemption Two seems a little buggy, like it was like really long load times, and I mostly just played poker in it rather than doing the story stuff. And Insomniac Spider-Man is like probably the best Spider-Man game. It's really souped up. If you ever played Spider-Man Two on the PlayStation Two. It's like a souped-up version of that. The only thing I wish, I wish the story was better, because I've replayed it, like, very recently, like, uh, last week. And the story, if you know anything about writing, you know exactly what's going to happen at every point in the story. Yeah, at one point, uh, Peter Parker's going to say, the Sinister Six, who's that? And, like, listen, we we all know. Please, please stop. You you don't need to do this. I think, uh, going back to, like, Spider-Man properties, like, the reason I think Homecoming was so good is they just dropped you in it, because they're like, okay, you know Spider-Man. We don't need to do this again. You don't have to see Uncle Ben die again. Yeah, exactly. It's a good point. It's like, how many times have we seen, uh, you know, uh, Bruce Wayne's parents parents die? die, Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. A lot of times. I don't even play video games, but I've I've seen them die a lot. (laughs) Exactly. It's in every Batman movie. Oh man, the statistics of that I think would be so funny to know somehow if we could do of like how many Americans have seen uh Bruce Wayne's parents die in many forms <laughs> like just collectively we share that memory all the time. We share it. It is our it, perhaps more than 9/11. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's true. <laughs> Every American's seen it happen, but I most Americans don't know the name Joe Chill. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, Well, uh, Martin, what do you got for us on the table? Oh, uh, so this isn't something that ended in 2020 or started in 2020, but I saw it all this year. Um, I, my favorite thing I saw this year was uh, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Oh, nice. Uh, Hell yeah. I... I had no idea this show existed, and it's it's right up my alley with everything. These musical numbers are so amazing, and I was so hooked when I finished the first season that I just binged the rest of it because I wanted to listen to all of the soundtracks together, and there wasn't an individual playlist for each season. It was so annoying. It's just, it's such a good time. It is so well written. All of these, it is such a Ooh, it's such an ensemble cast. It's so good. White Joe didn't end up getting his own song, but that's fine. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, it's such a good show. It 
It uh, is that the it's number one on my list of shows that people overlooked because it was badly named and badly marketed. Yes. And I think most people didn't know about it or just kind of overlooked it because they were like the CW crazy ex girlfriend. No thanks. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah. I also put Don't Trust the Bee in Apartment Twenty Three on that list. Nice. Happy endings. Yeah. Two very good shows. Oh my god, happy like, endings! I could spend a whole <laughs> podcast talking about. Yeah, and people are just like, why would I watch some dumb comedy named Don't Trust the Bee? Sounds stupid, but it's. Yeah. They're amazing, uh, and God, yeah. That did you um, did you see the reunion episode of uh, Happy Endings? They did. Hell this yeah, year? I did. I actually watched it uh, <laughs> like a month ago. Actually, yeah. I watched it not when it happened, but like afterwards. I mean, it gave me everything I wanted. It made, it made me want to have the show back, but it also reminded me, like, oh, listen, you got two great comedic seasons. We don't need to kill everything and bring it back. Yeah. So, like, it's fine. <laughs> we can we can appreciate what we had. I certainly do. I'm shocked every day that we got as many seasons of of happy endings as we did, and it was a blessing. Oh wow! Oh, Zoom gave us a yeah. gift of more time. <laughs> Thanks, Zoom. So, hell yeah, host, you got to upgrade. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They, I knew they were going to do that. Listen, they forgot about my yeah. birthday, so they want to be ruined. <laughs> they do like sometimes they'll just be like, "Oh, you haven't used Zoom in a long time, so we just decided to be nice and not be capitalist about your time." So yeah. here you go. We doled out another hour of Zoom time for you. Yeah, thank you so thank you so much, Zoom Daddy. Um, <laughs> Thanks, Zoom Lords. Like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, to get back uh, to Martin's though, with uh, Crazy Ex Girlfriend and Rachel Bloom, uh, it I think. It's it's so perfect because the thing I always have a problem with like musicals I do enjoy musicals but like my favorite to this day is so, like Little Shop of Horrors because I like when like they're dark or have like good satire and this is like mm-hmm. what if we did a whole series about actually having an honest take on mental health but it's also a very dark comedy at the same time and a musical yeah. and they pulled it off like a, a freaking hat trick so <laughs> yeah it's oh god it's it's one of my favorites i watched it when it aired every episode i would rewatch so many times just because it's i feel like every time you pick up something new a lyric or a background joke or just like some one-liner that you missed uh you can just go back to it and i i think it's one of the best takes on uh just female mental illness uh which most shows don't do very well there aren't a lot of great portrayals of just like messy women on tv and crazy ex-girlfriend just I mean, how often do we get a female anti-hero who is just making mistakes, but you can still root for her? Right. It's amazing. Yeah. I mean, not only does she fail, she fails the entire seasons. Like, it's yeah, not like... Oh, just... And oh, you're yeah. just like, oh my gosh, like, this. Yeah. I think maybe she should go to jail at <laughs> some point, but then you still just end up laughing. It's so well done. It's just incredible writing to pull that off. Yeah. Yeah. I've not watched it. I um not against it. What, just haven't seen what's it. it streaming on? Would recommend. It's That's, on uh, Netflix. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's on Netflix now. That's the other issue is that because it was on the CW, the CW is horrendous with their streaming rights. And it was on the CW Seed app, which is like the world's shittiest streaming app. <laughs> it was free, but people were like, I'm not downloading this horrible app that crashed. Literally, there would be a commercial break and the episode would just crash and you'd have to start the whole app again. Jesus. Uh, finally, they moved it over to like the new CW app that they tried to start. And then they moved it to Hulu, but it was like you had to like pay for live Hulu. And now, finally, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend is, like, safe on Netflix, and you can just stream it, and it's fine. Yeah, it's it's there. It, I mean, it's nice that it's there. Everybody has at least a Netflix account or their dad's Netflix account. Or their dad. Yeah. Uh, maybe their moms. Or their mo- Listen, you know, her You story. know what? You're right. Moms have Netflix accounts, yeah. too. Yeah. Um, 
I thought this would be fun to go into uh, the mystery zone finally because I've been wanting to talk about this one. I I don't know how I feel about it. I've thought about it a lot. Super high, super low parts of the season. I can't say I loved it, but there's so many things I loved and so many things I absolutely hated. It's Lovecraft Country. Boo, 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 boo. Yeah, it's like the first episode, I'd say like the first two to three episodes I really enjoyed. Really good writing, extremely over the top, campy, but still like has a good sense of horror. And then, like, they had the fucking Jigaboo episode. I'm like, what do I do with this? <laughs> like, you said oh, God. that word so quickly. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, it's... I mean, that's the title of the episode. I should also it say is, what I It is the title of the episode. Uh, <laughs> I like trying to bait white people into saying it, but I didn't have to. I didn't have to. So... Okay. You, you never have to bait, Brandon. Okay, let's not make it sound but, like I'm uh, up here throwing out No, I mean, I absolutely attacks. agree with you. Like, it it was a show I had a lot of hope for, and then it just, like, handled everything so badly and just didn't seem to know who its audience was or what story it was trying to tell. And then it just kind of decided it wanted to be, like, emotional, like, manipulation porn. And yeah. that's all it, it wanted to do was just, like, be like, Tulsa. <laughs> never heard of it yeah hey, how's though, like if you actually break down that whole episode in that event it like tells you it just like outlines the bullshittedness of the show yes uh and there are part i love all the actors involved there are things i like about it but like let's just take that one moment i'll like quickly set it but like so they have to go back to they they have to go back in time right to get this book with the spells because they need the spells to save the girl right yeah and they have to go back in time to get the book because the book was destroyed in a fire right guess where the fire is yeah so yeah so but then so they have to go back and it's like okay they magically get time travel fine they go back horrible timing that they happen to go back the day of tulsa the tulsa bombing like oh they couldn't go the day before like the horrible timing on their part but okay fine uh they have to go because they have to get this book before the book's destroyed in a fire because the book cannot be destroyed in the fire because they need the book so they get to the house and they're like we got to get this book and then the lady is like, here's the book. Oh, FYI, it is bound with a protection spell. It can't be destroyed. <laughs> here's Ugh. the book. And then she stands in the house with the book while the house burns around. The book is on fire. She's on fire, but she has a protection spell, so she can't be burned. The book's not burning because it has a protection spell. So then the whole thing is like, so then the book was never destroyed if it can't be destroyed. So why <laughs> did they have to go back to Tulsa? Yeah. Where was the, the book was never destroyed then? So why? Was, so was, when, was there any reason they had to go back to like the moment the book was destroyed? No, they couldn't. Have, except uh, that, except probably someone was like, "Oh, you want to make white people feel bad? <laughs> you got to show them Tulsa." It's it's the weirdest. Watchmen thing is, did it. Yeah, that's actually, what I was about to say. Yeah, bring up Watchmen. It was actually it was written before Watchmen. It, yeah. So it, you can't say it stole it. It's just Watchmen just did it way better and did it first. We saw it first. But Watchmen did it so well that it was just very like, really? What? Why? Yeah, it's, Why? it's such a weird thing because they're both HBO shows that covered the same thing. And I loved Watchmen so much more. And like the way they did it was just like in your face right away. No, ex like no explanation. And then they kind of build up from it. I mean, there's issues with Watchmen, of course, too. Let's get into the whole police thing. Of course, that's fucked up. But yeah. uh, I, I enjoyed it more because it was more well-balanced. But I, I looked at this in a kind of a positive light of the, the really, like, high points of the show. And I will be honest, I have to finish the last episode still. But, like, the high points were really good. And, like, this is Misha Green's, like, first project, like, big project. I'm kind of more excited to see what she's going to do after this and, like, hope, like, some of the, yeah. the kinks get ironed out. Because, like, there's 
the highlights of the show were really good, but then it just let you down so hard. It's like, okay, I, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it definitely, it, I just felt disappointed. And I think the, uh, that it was that in the, the Emmett Till moment when they recreate Emmett Till's death, but they have a white woman do it. Yeah. And that's oh, when God I was damn. like, I'm Oof. nope. This, this is not a good show. This is not good TV. This yeah. is actually bad TV that thinks it is good TV. <laughs> so I'm done. Yeah, if we get a really good score to play after this, that will get you to really emotionally feel it's a good scene, right? Right? <laughs> like, yeah. no, it's it's not. And then you just, you get an old black woman to just like be there to go ancestors, <laughs> and they're like, boom, that's that's boom, we did it. That's good TV, and yeah, uh, you know, and and yeah, like there isn't a lot of black television, so it feels good to see this. We don't have much black sci-fi, so yeah. But I don't know. It, it, to me, it's very like scarcity mindset to just accept something because it has representation when it could be better. <laughs> we, we could all do better. So let's just call it out and make it better. Uh, you know, I, I like how episodic it was. I think next season they can really lean on just telling individual horror stories. And that's where the show was really good. Yeah. And it's, it's a good reminder, too. Like, once again, you don't have to just go whatever's on television. Like, go read an Octavia Butler book. You'll, you'll enjoy a lot more. You'll, you'll be yeah. fine <laughs> so it's it, it it i don't know it's that thing where like the first three episodes i love so much i'm like i hope they figure it out if she works on a new project or something but also if she keeps making bad schlock i completely get that too from here on out yeah once that hollywood money comes in Oof. yeah money really is a disease you know what <laughs> uh but yeah i'm trying to catch it <laughs> I mean, hey listen if i could if i could get sick i'm ready uh I should have made it down with the sickness joke, but that's too late for that. So who wants to talk about some uh, trashy or bad stuff they consumed in 2020? Uh, Please. Uh, uh, I actually did get back into video games this year. Nice. Uh, I wanted to talk about this with you guys, especially because I figured you, uh, you're nerds. Um, but I <laughs> oh, got yeah. back yeah. into it. Uh, I used to play The Sims a ton in high school and had to force myself to stop to get into college. Like I was like, I need to <laughs> just put the Sims aside. I, it's a dangerous toy and I can't ever touch it again until my life is in a stasis. Uh, and at the beginning of quarantine, I was like, we're here. <laughs> like the first month and a half of quarantine, I was just like, holy fuck. I live at home all the time. Now my job is at home. I had two. I had like a two screen setup. I was on oh, Twitch. Man playing the sims like on twitch for probably perverts and like <laughs> that's where just, the money just, comes from though yeah i just fully got back into it i like spent money on all the expansion packs everything like i've got like wicked whims i was finally doing like all the crazy <laughs> shit and like making my sim like have threesomes and smoke pot and I got so into it, and then I was like, I was losing myself and my life, and I, I again had to just like pull the plug, or I was like, I, I don't like who I'm becoming. <laughs> but I do feel is that like I needed The Sims to get me through that early part of quarantine. Like it was part of my stability, and I'm so thankful. The game was still just as fun as in high school. It was still good. It was. Oh my god, the university expansion pack? So fun. <laughs> Send him to college. This is, so, I mean, we gotta mention him again because we talked about it before recording, but have you been in talks with Brody Reed about this? 
I have not, like, Brody and I have kind of talked about The Sims, but we have not, like, dug into it. I need to hit Brody up about it. Yeah, because he went into a deep dive to the point where he recreated his scene for The Room, that thing that Tyler Jackson did for the reshoot, yeah. was all using Sims characters, which was amazing. But knowing the time that had to go into that, too, is like he had to be in a similar existence for a little bit. Yeah, I, uh, I recreated, uh, I made an Abby Hoffman. I, I don't know. I just like lost my mind and got really back into like U.S. history and CIA conspiracies and just like was like fully bad. I loved Abby Hoffman in high school, too. So I made a sim about him and then I like remade the movie, steal this movie about his life and like had him like fall in love. And then he's like to his wife, he's like, I got to go. And the kids are like, Dad, why aren't you ever home? And he's like, oh, and, you know, I had him have a job as like a criminal. Uh, so... It's beautiful. Yeah, I That's guess really now good. they're all dead because I haven't played the game in probably seven months. So all of those Sims are are probably dead now. I mean, it's like it's it's weird because it's similar trajectory. I feel like for people who got really into Animal Crossing, like at the same time too. So yeah. It's... Oh, I'm still playing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you do have an Animal Crossing background up right now. So yeah, no, this is my office. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I honestly. If I have a deadline in my head, I have like three projects I need to finish. And if I get them done in the next week and a half, I'm treating myself to just like a full balls to the wall weekend of Sims. Hell yeah. Just like Hell yes. staying up to 3 a.m., building fucking houses. I'm going to be like, just, I'm letting my brain just rot and I'm going to let, I'm going to enjoy it. That's my Christmas. That's what yeah. I mean. you, you 100% deserve it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Santa approves. <laughs> I don't know. I just, yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's because quarantine. I can't. I couldn't go have threesomes and do drugs, but my Sims could. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Once again, the same thing people do with Animal Crossing. No <laughs> joke. It's yeah. It's it's a beautiful thing to at least be able to like live vicariously through like either video games or media during this because it's like really all we got if we wanted to be responsible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. I'd say uh, Martin and Luke, if you had any like fun, trashy, or just legit bad shit that you watch, you want to talk about. Uh, I watched Sonic the Hedgehog. Luckily, <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I mean, it was one of those. <clears throat> I think like it ended up doing pretty well, and I think partly that's because of the quarantine. It came out in like February, so people were home. It came out been... Valentine's Day. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, last it was movie like I the saw. last one. Yeah. Uh, if you go to the movie theater by my house, it's still the poster that's up because it was like the mm-hmm. last movie. They yeah, showed. I keep seeing <laughs> yeah, them on it, like it left its mark. on like bus stops and shit. They still have the posters up, but I think everybody thought it was going to be so terrible, and then when it wasn't, like it didn't like literally kill you as you watched it. Then it ended up being pretty popular, I think. And like, it's fine. Ben Schwartz did a pretty good job as Sonic. I, I prefer Julia White. Yeah. But Ben Schwartz, yeah. is, I, I don't. They did that thing that they do with movies based on properties that take place in like a different realm, where they bring them to Earth for some reason. Yeah, like, yeah. they did that in the Masters of the Universe movie. They did that in the Smurfs. They just leave them in their own place. Make the movies about them. Make their movie. Yeah. But also, the reason I feel like they do that is it's just, it's super easy to write. Like, as simple as that. Yeah. And it's easy to put in product placement, where they're like, whoa, what's this crazy new thing from the sharper image that you're showing me? Earth Customs (laughs) are so crazy! Their their advertising tie-in, like, the sponsor was Olive Garden. Olive Garden kept showing up 
in the Sonic movie. Oh, that's right. For some reason. <laughs> so surprisingly yeah. good Jim Carrey performance. I thought he was going to be like grating, like he was going to ham it up too much. And he does ham it up, but it's not as annoying as you'd think it would be. Yeah, it was. Yeah, no, I thought he was great. It, what does bother me about the movie, though, he looks, doesn't look at all like Dr. Robotnik throughout the entire thing until a scene at the very end of the movie when, like, Sonic tricks him into trapping him on Mobius, I think. But in that yeah. last scene, yeah. when he's studying mushrooms on Mobius, he's got the long mustache, he's bald, he's got the goggles. He looks like Dr. Robotnik. Why didn't they just do that? Well, I mean, what they call that is edging. So basically every nerd that was fully boned up the whole film just <laughs> let it loose right up in there, just experiencing the best orgasm they ever had. God. You <laughs> always bring it back to come. I mean, why not? I mean, we come from it and we leave this yeah, earth as it. it is. In a way. Soup's on! <laughs> it's, oh boy. Uh, I mean, yeah. it's. Uh, I thought it was fun, but yeah, I definitely was that weird thing where that was the last movie I thought saw in a theater before the lockdown. So, kind of hope things go back to normal eventually so that's not the last thing I ever saw in a theater. Yeah. No, I'm happy. That's, that's how I want to remember cinema. Yeah. <laughs> The last thing I saw was oh god it was like it was pretty bad it was a Will uh, Will Forte movie that like was made in Australia and was just released in like small indie theaters uh, extraordinary uh, it was really bad it was that doesn't Will sound Forte, right but I love Will Forte and I don't I just, it was kind of just like they were like you know what maybe this movie could just be Will Forte doing his thing. Uh, and it couldn't. That that only could last about twenty minutes, and then there was the rest of the movie. So no. I can't even remember what it was about. I, it was something like he had a deal with like the devil, maybe, or he had to like kill someone for powers. I could. I don't even. Yeah. Yeah. I think the hey, last I mean... movie I saw was probably uh, Rise of Skywalker, and Oof. also okay. Oh. I know a lot of people that, yeah. are worried about like movie theaters not opening back up. I hope they don't. I think the movie's been, <laughs> nice. been dying for years. I think there's still going to be theaters for like a niche thing, but I think that will make movies better because like theaters, like there'll be like actual art house theaters. Like you can go see a movie. Yeah, I mean, I guess. I guess. I mean, uh, I love theaters, but at the same time, like the only one I go to is the Alamo Draft House. Hell yeah! And mm. I'm like, I buy, I have a membership card. Like I support them. I love it. Uh, but I also am just like, I want a movie theater where I can drink alcoholic milkshakes and sit back in a couch. Uh, and, you know, they're going to, like, have fun games while my movie happens. And it's, yeah, it's very, like, I guess that should be the future of cinema, except, I don't know, probably not. Yeah. it. I mean, I if know. it was a perfect future where it was just all, like, places like the Alamo Draft House with the music box, I'd be fine with that. Uh, but the music box. Miss the music box. Yeah. me. I mean, me too right now. Yeah, it's it's a it's one of those things of like if that was how it worked out. But I just know how evil and uh, deceptive capitalism is. That if that's what starts doing well, then it's just multi million corporations coming to replicate that everywhere. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I mean, shout out to Alamo though too. My uh, brother lives in Austin, so I remember when I first was visiting him when he moved there, and he showed me the Alamo Draft House. It was like this secret utopia that I never knew that could exist. Yeah, you can just get drunk and like eat wings and watch a movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I just, I, it's going to be so hard for it to come back because it's going to be a long time before I trust someone to like bring a plate of food to my face. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, just even thinking about that so, right now. Yeah. Uh, I remember yeah, when I so, lived in uh, Florida when I was a child, there was, they had some 
dinner theaters you can go to. I went to a friend's uh, classmate's birthday party at one of those. They watched uh, the movie was Zeus and Roxanne. That movie oh, about the dog about and the dolphin with Steve Gutenberg. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. it, we were all like in elementary school. And at some point, most of the kids started just like playing around the room. Like there was like an area just underneath the screen that they could, that they climbed up to. And I just think like, Hey, this is a place of business. Respect it. <laughs> I, I just thought of that story. I wanted to tell 50? it. <laughs> I, I just thought it was so hey, dumb. kids. I mean, I get it. The movie wasn't uh, good. Zeus and Roxanne was not a good movie. Uh, no, it was not, not a good movie. What yeah. else are you gonna do? Yeah, it's true. Uh, Appreciate the Gutenberg. Show some respect. <laughs> yeah, love the good. We haven't had him. Uh, haven't we? Haven't had him in our consciousness since Party Down season two. Uh, yeah, I actually I watched Party Down over uh, this quarantine. I rewatched it. I it's one of my cheer up shows. So how to hold up? Know. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I interviewed Steven Weber on my podcast and he was on it, obviously. Uh, so I was like, yeah, hey, I should just rewatch the show and just, I don't know. They It's been 10 years. They're still talking about that reboot. I think they should do it. <laughs> the climate is, is good for it because I think if you reboot, or reboot, what am I doing? If you, if you reboot a show, like it has to kind of be more of a satirical take at this point. And I think Party Town would like fit that pretty good. Like no doubt. Yeah. Party down, uh, yeah. Okay, the it yeah. Uh, but all the a lot of the people in that show are like way more famous now than they were when that show was originally made. So it'd probably be way true, more expensive. True. But I feel but like I feel they like all talk they just, about it. Yeah, they all love it. I just feel like there's just such a genuine love. And who's like the most expensive? Jane Lynch. She's probably the most expensive get yeah. at this point. Okay, that's true. I could see Jane Lynch being like, you know, I love it. I love the show, but you gotta pay me what I'm worth. Yeah. What, 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 what's she doing right now? That was a horrible Jane Lynch impression. <laughs> she, uh, she like became a network. She like hosts Who Wants to Be a Millionaire now. Yeah. She's like has oh, network. Oh shit, that's money. right. Yeah, yeah she's oh. like the fucking like you're. She, I actually watched a bit of it. She's, I don't like her as it because she should be meaner. She's actually very nice. <laughs> She's just like, oh, you didn't get that right. Well, that's uh, that's unfortunate. Why yeah. don't you just go home and love your life again? They should have gotten her to host <laughs> that uh, "You Are the Weakest Link" reboot. Yeah, like that I way. just want her to be super bitchy. Yeah, that would have been way more fun. I mean, if anything, you gotta go with the energy like they have for like Jimmy Kimmel hosting "Who Wants to Be a Millionaire" because I like that he is kind of yeah. mean to the people. Maybe she is hosting "Weakest Link." Honestly, I. I think she might be hosting Weakest Link. I really don't. I think it is Weakest Link, actually. Yeah, oh. you know, honestly, I was stoned, and I just saw her on television <laughs> being Listen, very you nice and probably everyone listening to Podzuki, so that's <laughs> that's how we bring people home. I mean, that's what I I'm going to do after I get done with this. I don't know. I, I watch so much TV. I mean, it's my job to watch TV, and it, at some points it just blurs. That's when I know I need to start taking a break, when I'm just starting to like get shows confused with each other, and I'm just like... Right, Kaylee Cuoco, she's in a show right now, right, about soccer or something? And it's like, no, that's not the flight attendant. What are you, you know, <laughs> need to just stop Ooh. watching TV for a second. Yeah, this is a, I was going to bring this up later, but I'll just do it quickly because I think we got a lot of lists to get through still, which is a series I hated and in series I liked that it should have been, which was uh, Run, Bad, should have been Horrible. the flight attendant, Good, which is like the same kind of concept, I feel like, in some ways. I haven't finished The Flight Attendant, so I can't talk about it too much, but man, that show is, ooh, chef's kiss so far. Uh, I don't like it. You okay. don't? 
I hated Run. You're right. Run was awful. Run was, was one of the. It was. Very it's bad. it's almost embarrassingly bad how and how quickly it got bad. And I mean, all respect to the actors because they were the only thing that like kept it kind of going and like right. kept it afloat. Uh, because there was nothing else there. But then the flight attendant, it has like the opposite problem where there's so much script there and they need someone more charming to carry it. And Kaylee, what's her face to me, just doesn't have the charm to pull this role off. Like everything she does is irritating and grating to me where I just want to like slap her and all of her friends. I'm like, leave her alone. She's a horrible person. Go live your lives and save yourselves. Like I just... I wish anyone else had been put in that role. And I just don't feel like she's a very strong actress. Uh, she's the main the chick from Big Bang the, like... Theory, right? Yes. Yeah. 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 I, she, I feel like, like... I, there's like all the scenes she has with that, like dead guy, which isn't a spoiler. Cause that's the whole premise of the show. But like every scene, the dead guy is such a good actor. Yes, and I feel, I feel like, like he's that. like holding himself back to be like, okay this girl can't it's just such a weird it just feels so like people reading from a script i don't know there's just something about it that is so this is not how humans act yeah no human would be cool with their friend doing this shit i believe she also voices uh harley quinn in the harley quinn cartoon yeah, I actually that, love the Harley Quinn. Yeah, that yeah that's awesome. But she does Man. have like her. She's good at that. Her line delivery is fine, but she her accent kind of fluctuates. Like every once in a while, she'll try and do the uh, like the New Jersey Mister J style talking, but yeah. then most of the time she's yeah. not. She's I, not, and it's very yeah, it's not consistent. I don't know. I did want to touch on it. I think the reasons I like the flight attendant, even though I've not finished it yet, are the reasons that you mentioned. Is like it, it feels like a heightened reality, and like it's almost like she's supposed to be kind of this bad person in the role. And I will agree the acting is not the best, but I, I do, it's kind of like this fun character that's fun to hate, and that's yeah. what really attached me to it. So I'll I, see how it finishes. Yeah, I, I think I, I'm up to episode seven. I watched the latest two that just came out, but. I did realize I like it more if I watch it while I'm doing things. If I like distract yeah. myself, I'm like, oh, okay, this is a, an enjoyable murder. Like, I want to see where it goes. Uh, also, it has George from Grey's Anatomy, uh, and he's really bad in it too. He, his horror, his acting <laughs> yeah. is horrible. Yeah, it's really bad. Uh, as the brother who they you only see on the phone. I don't know why he has so much time to call his sister. Like, he's just always on the phone with his sister. I do want to know that writer's room, like, hey, we got to put some more scenes about this. We love where this is going. Yeah, just, oh, how about another phone call <laughs> yeah. with her brother? That's going to really get yeah. things going. And then he's just like, are you still drunk? Uh. Isn't there yeah. some kind of, like, writing rule about, like, about not trying to not put your characters on the phone with people because it's, like, a lazy... I would say yeah, not, I, but it's just boring to repeat it so much. Yeah, and I think it's a, I think it's a COVID thing. Maybe I think it's a restriction oh. of filming uh, because he has kids, That's so most of point. his his scenes are shot with children. And I know there are a lot of restrictions around like how child actors can be used and stuff. Uh, so I do wonder if they had to like shoot it in like weird pods, maybe just because it doesn't makes doesn't make sense to get Tr Knight. And just keep him on the phone, you know. You don't bring in the night, and you keep you don't do that. <laughs> don't waste that role. Night. You don't bring yeah. it. Yeah, come on. Uh, I think we should get to Martin for talking about some trash or bad things, and then I think we should all talk about Harley Quinn for a bit because <laughs> that's on my list. And I had a feeling it might be on Luke's too, because I know we've talked about it. a it's lot. It's also on mine. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, I, I guess this year I've seen two examples of things that I would I would consider trash. One I would definitely recommend, and one I wouldn't. One because it's kind of. I don't know. It, it feels like everyone talked about Tiger King, and I enjoyed it when I saw it, but I also feel like it misrepresented a lot of actual facts, yes. and oh, it yeah, made totally. Joe Exotic oh, seem yeah. a lot better uh, than they actually are, so yeah, that's fun. Absolutely. Uh, the, the, I, I don't want to talk about it that much, but the fun <laughs> trash I saw, uh, has, has anyone here ever seen a little uh, reality show called Are You the One? Ooh, no, but tell me. Tell me, Martin. Uh, it's it's an MTV uh, dating show where they get twenty of the worst, the just the worst people, and they All right, are. I'm still in the show already. <laughs> I think I have seen these these, these these yeah, these people. They're 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 scientifically like they they answered questionnaires, so they're scientifically formulated to be each other's like perfect matches, but they don't get to tell each other who they are. So everyone is just really dumb and horny and trying to find out who they are supposed to fuck so they can all win a million dollars to split between them. Oh my god. Wow. That's so devious and I love it. They and have to find so... the person that they're the match with? Yes. So at the... there's It's a, like a 10 episode season. Uh, at, at the end of each episode, they have to pair up and it's like, uh, oh fuck! It's like that that board game where you have to like keep matching up pairs. You have to get it to what the pattern is, because lights will flash if they have like a certain amount of people right, and they'll be told if a couple is right. It's a whole thing, <laughs> but uh, it's oh god, the the sense of betrayal and just seeing these terrible people argue with each other. It's so great. I mean, wow, it sounds like the dystopian version of Love is Blind, and I absolutely love that in every way or form. Oh, yeah, so I didn't know my... it was so sinister. Yeah. It's, oh, it's so, it's so terrible, and I I need to hurry up and get to the most recent season, because apparently uh, the first season is fine, but it only gets really good in the most recent season, where it's a, it's a, uh, it's the gay season. Right, oh, no. that was they were there was a big deal about it. They had them letting gay people on the show. There were a bunch of articles about it. Yes. Yeah, reality. And this TV is a recent reality show. Now. Uh, it's been running since 2011. When the hell did the show start? Holy it's shit. been running since 2014, and the the gay season is the most recent one. That's crazy because I yeah. used to like one of the when I would write. I would put on like trashy MTV game shows. And they had that That's one show, weird. Double Date, where they had gay people on that show all the time. Yeah. MTV yeah. is breaking down the walls, finally. You know, reality, it takes time. Like uh, 90 Day Fiance, they just had their first uh, gay male couple and their first uh, two lady couple uh, this year. Yeah. It oh. took a long time. That show's been on the air for forever. So that means uh, for The Bachelor, we'll probably have our first gay season in 2035. So yeah. <laughs> if they stay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. It's, um, I think, to like continue what we're talking about and get into a few other details, um, we've been going for a bit, and it's been really fun. So I'm thinking we, we talk about a few other things and just go through a quick like shotgun list of what else we had written down. And then we'll talk about if we want to focus on anything. Because I have a few throwaways that are just like, eh, wasn't good. Um, but uh, Yeah, who... I have a few throwaways I'd share. Yeah. Uh, you know what I'll just do now? Fargo Season 4. Wanted to be better. But, eh. Mm. It was still good. It had some really great parts. It's, I mean, I... it's still Fargo and Noah Haley, who's a good writer. But, like, 
it still didn't get to the highs of like season two or have like a lot of the good like thoughts behind it in season three. And I, w- I wanted Chris Rock to be a better actor, and I thought yeah, he might I've heard some people but... say that he's not very good in it. Nah, I mean, he he did okay, but also he's like surrounded by a lot of better actors, so it's really hard to kind of keep up with it. Um, and then like they had a, a new actor who was like the main focus on the first episode, uh, Emery uh, Crutchfield, and she's great in it. But then they like they they quickly go to the other stories right away. So, but yeah, I mean, hey, it was still all right. It wasn't that bad, but. You can't you can't be Fargo season two every time, so. Um, but yeah, I wanted to talk about uh, Harley Quinn because that definitely was something that brought me a lot of joy during the pandemic. Because I I hadn't watched it yet, and when it first started off, I'm like, okay, there's a season two out, so I'm gonna watch it all, and it's it's just really good and funny and well written. Like it's I did not fun, expect it, which is it's, something yeah, that I don't expect a lot of superhero stuff fun anymore. Particularly DC yeah. has a real rough time with. Yeah, it's so funny. It's, I don't know, it just was a joy to watch. And I think, like, I kept expecting it to get really dark or to just, like, go somewhere that I was going to be like, oh, no, this is, I don't know, something just, like, I just kept expecting something worse to happen. And then it would just be like, oh, she's, like, a badass who can handle it. Like, this really is just a show where she gets to be funny and be empowered. I really liked that. I don't know. It was, yeah. I, I, yeah, she's a badass, but they don't make her a Mary Sue. She's not like overpowered. She loses fights and yeah. makes a fool of herself yeah. sometimes. It's, yeah, it, exactly. Like she's, you know, I don't know. She can't express herself. I just, yeah. I love the moments when she like will get in these badass fights and then she's just like, I don't want to tell Ivy how I feel. I'm just like, that's, yeah. I don't yeah. Know. <laughs> I'm that's also glad. I really like the focus. It. I'm also Is glad it's like not a... an overtly sexy harley quinn because after when they did the suicide squad movie and like they just started making harley quinn way too sexy like yeah she's attractive but she doesn't have to be like that it's just gratuitous yeah i mean that's another thing i liked about uh it kind of i feel like wraps into it but i did enjoy the birds of prey movie where they just decided to make it more of a fun action film and not focus on that which was great i know some people didn't like it some did i definitely enjoyed it but um the thing i really liked about the harley quinn series too is that like it's it's so weird that it's so funny, but they also had like the relationship between her and then Poison Ivy being like an adult relationship with like good barriers and talking things out, which like I did not expect this, but I'm really enjoying seeing this. So <laughs> it's it's good, you know. It's just all around good, good voice acting. Uh, casting JB Smoove as the talking plant was something I didn't expect but loved. So a lot of just good points on it. Great. Alan Tudyk is uh, Clayface is amazing. Yeah, you can never yeah, go wrong so with him in a voice acting role. Oh, Absolutely yeah, uh, I love Ron Funches uh, as King Shark. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's, and uh, yeah. Jason Alexander as uh, Cy Borgman is awesome. <laughs> I forgot about that, too. That's such a good joke. Uh, just just a regular old cyborg man trying to make rent. I, <laughs> yeah, it's a good show. Uh, yeah, I, I need my rewatch. I, I'm so excited for the next season. Uh, I know the, the writer's room is, is working, so I'm yeah. so excited. I, it's a, that's the thing too is I hope that uh, our uh, complete society doesn't collapse because there's some good shows I still want to watch yeah. <laughs> like third season of what we do in the shadows and then oh, Harley Quinn let me see the next season of yeah. Harley Quinn do I think capitalism should be exploded absolutely as soon as possible but let me watch some good TV first please let's just get a few seasons of things done yeah um, for uh, my list too the other things that I really enjoyed like I said I'm just going to go through a little bit quicker now which is I enjoyed uh, Palm Springs when it came out. That was kind of a fun surprise. Um, Loved it. 
It was definitely enjoyed that. It, we we talked about it on our podcast because we we all watched it at the same time. But like it was, it's fun to see a good comedy that's about like a Groundhog's Day kind of theme, but not ape that movie exactly. So that was really fun. Um, and then the last one I wrote for docu series two was The Last Dance. That's another one where I feel like I don't need to talk about it too much because like if you like the history of the Bulls or you lived in Chicago at any point, then it's like required viewing. That's about it. <laughs> like simple as that. Yeah, it was really good. So well done. Yeah. yeah. I mean, as soon as they got, like, the, the build-up to, like, Dennis Rodman joining and then, like, going into, like, the whole coach thing with Phil Jackson was really fun to see. But, like, also watching Michael Jordan be just such a petty motherfucker was so delightful, too. <laughs> oh, but yeah. he... Oh, my God. he I, I love that he has destroyed so many people with the mean things he said as much as he's gotten so many records in the NBA, too. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I love that success just has not healed him. <laughs> yeah, I really do. Uh, I mean, he's had he's had a rough life, so I shouldn't be too mean about it. Yeah, but that's like, true. that's absolutely true. Uh, the gambling thing and all that, but uh, it's yeah, it's a yeah. great series. It really uh, gets into the whole dynasty and that when that happened, and just like also to remind you how bad capitalism is and how it'll ruin everything. Too like a good person like Scottie Pippen even has to deal with that monster at some point. Yeah. So, yeah. man, I'm getting really focused on this whole uh, economics of America right now. I should <laughs> back away a little bit, keep it fun. It's in everything. It is, yeah. But yeah, that's about it for my list. Uh, that's really about like all the bad things I want to talk to is just like Fargo and kind of uh, Lovecraft Country. So whatever, whatever you're all thinking too. Uh, I can just uh, shotgun through mine. I'll uh, go for it. I just made some quick good bad uh, on my good list. Number one, uh, Ted Lasso on Apple TV. I don't do, I don't know if people are watching it, but every person that I get into this show has fallen in love with it. Ted Lasso, Jason Sudeikis as this Ooh. just like amazing coach who who coaches football, American football in America. And he goes to England to coach soccer. Uh, and you think it's going to be, you know, I, there's always the stereotypical, like shitty coach, like starts, you know, with a bunch of inspiring kids and he like pulls his, turns his life around or whatever. Uh, and there was hoops that came out on Netflix. Uh, that was horrible. It was the cartoon about like this divorced, uh, coach or whatever. And that was oh, really yeah, bad. That just got canceled, right? Yeah, I think so. It should have been. Yeah, it was really, it was a clear <laughs> money grab for everyone involved. Like it was the worst show and it was just clear that a bunch of actors were like, oh, I can do voice work and get paid like whatever by Netflix. Yeah, I'll do this. this it was, it did not make any sense, but I hate when they uh, get so famous when people heard... with voice cartoons. Get voice yeah, actors. Every role. Yeah. Every role was just like a famous person doing this. And when I heard about Ted Lasso, I was like, okay, so it's kind of the same thing, but with Jason Sudeikis and it's real life. But then I started watching Ted Lasso and holy shit, holy shit. It's, it's the best show. It's so, it's, I don't know how to, just, it is, it, it is a light in a storm. It is a port. It is a blanket. It's a weighted blanket. It's, it's like Friday night lights, but honestly better, but honestly better. It's better. It's funnier. It is legitimately just laugh out loud funny. It mixes the humor of like, like community with the heart of like coach like coach taylor it's wild how impressively written it is it is my show of the year it's uh bill lawrence who did cougar town uh clone high oh amazing yeah it's amazing amazing team of writers jason sudeikis this cast like 
every no one that I have introduced this to has been disappointed. It's just like you think, oh, I'm gonna be irritated by this and this man. And then it's like episode two and you're just like I my soul is tied to these characters oh. and uh, their success is my success. We are a team and I am in this. I've watched it like three times. Ted Lasso number one. Uh, I May Destroy You was my other really big favorite of the year. It's just, I think, uh, given the year we had, it didn't, it, it really did impact I May Destroy You. If you don't know that one, it was uh, on HBO, Michaela Cole show. It's about sexual assault. Uh, and it, it, it's also about friendship and finding who out who you are and just a lot of bigger things, but just watching it in this quarantine year with like the protests and everything going on, it just felt so heavy uh, that a lot of people had a hard time getting through it. Uh, So it's hard for me to say it's like my number one when it's just like, I have to be like, but caveat, uh, it might take you eight months to finish this show (laughs) because it feels so dense. That Uh, is, but it's, yeah, it's very funny you mentioned that because, uh, Barb and me have been meaning to watch it since it came out, and it's the same thing where we start the episode like, ooh, I don't know if we're in the mental space for this right now, but we know it's going to be good. It's going to be good. Uh, And I wrote about it for the AV Club. I did the episode reviews, so uh, that gave me the chance to really just watch the episodes early and over again. So I was one of the rare people who got to binge it when I first watched it. Uh, So I've told people that makes it easier to get through because you can kind of breathe more because you know it's going to be okay it's a hard show to watch because you're constantly like oh gosh oh gosh oh no something bad is going to happen uh because something bad happens uh but then if you can just binge it it's easier to kind of get to the good moments where you figure out what the show is so i may destroy you uh i also had the dress up gang on my list uh on tbs Uh, this is the best comedy the dress up gang on TBS and fuck TBS for not telling the world about it. <laughs> the dress up gang is the best alt comedy show that I've ever seen. It's so fucking funny. It is. I, I'm mad that you guys haven't heard about it. I wanted to be like the dress up gang and I wanted you guys to be like, Oh, of course those geniuses. <laughs> uh, it's just this like wonderful group of LA comedians and it's just their lives in LA, but it's, it's this hyper reality that's like very sincere, but just like over the top. It's like, you just have to watch it. It is just like, I I don't even, it's like Nathan for you and Joe Para had a baby. It's like so good. And then TBS makes it so hard to watch because it's like only on the TBS app. Uh, And I want HBO Max to buy it. They're they're a sponsor, so maybe they will now. Yeah, HBO Max, please buy it. Uh, (laughs) It's funny you have two shows that have been on my list for a while because I have not seen it, but I know it because I'm a huge Brent Weinbach fan. And anytime he gets a role, I'm like, okay, I got to watch it then. So, Yeah. Yeah, I've not heard about that at all. Oh, gosh. And then, oh, uh, I also had uh, on my list Dave, which came out way early this year, and I loved and I feel like people forgot about it because uh, after the protest, nobody wanted to talk about a show named after a white man, which is fair. But uh, the thing about Dave is that it's actually a really good show because when you watch it, when you start it, you're like, oh, this guy sucks and I hate him. And you're like, does the show know that he sucks and I hate him? And by the end, you realize the show not only knows that he sucks, but they want you to hate him. And it's once you like once it does that reveal, you're like, holy shit, they got me. This is the most brilliant (laughs) show. Like I watch I just spent the whole time being like, 
oh my god this is so good but i hate him oh my god and then when the twist happened i was like fuck boom they got me they really got me i have respect to this show and respect to fucking little dicky because this is a good show (laughs) and he sucks and they're right so I, I think you got to check it out. Uh, it gets compared to Atlanta a lot, which I don't think is fair. Ooh, holy shit. Uh, but in terms of having just a very stellar, well-written first season on FX, I do think that that comparison to Atlanta is good. But uh, and it's also about rappers, I guess. But um, it's, it's more of an ensemble show. Uh, it explores a kind of wider net than Atlanta does. Yeah. That's that's wild because I had not heard anyone compare it to Atlanta, but now it makes me want to watch the show a little bit to see that happen. Yeah, people, I don't know if it's just because people are like, oh, rap in FX, but I, I mean, there are some similarities in the way that they kind of handle certain aspects of fame and what it does to people and how they break down those narratives. Uh, but I think overall, the shows are really different in tone. Um, yeah, sounds yeah. good. I'd yeah. say for uh, Luke or Martin, if you guys got anything left on the list, then we'll we'll wrap it up from there. Uh, yeah, I'll go. <clears throat> I got in one of the things that I watched that I liked. I've got Middle Ditch and Schwartz, which is something that I've not heard really anybody other than me talk about. How... <laughs> yeah, I watched me. a little bit of that. And I enjoyed. It. I saw the first two episodes, and I I, I laughed at uh, quite a bit of it. I think it was that weird thing where it got a little traction at first, but then I didn't really hear anyone kind of follow through with it. Yeah, it's kind of like, well, it's like them just doing two-man improv in front of a stage and also kind of reminds me, like, I've not done improv on a stage since probably, like, when I moved out of Kentucky <laughs> was, like, the last time I did it. And it's one of the, it's not good improv because they break a lot and occasionally they'll negate the premise a little bit, but they're clearly having mm. so much fun and they have such charm that you don't care about it. It's just fun right. watching them have fun with each other on stage. And yeah, it's just, yeah you... I, I did. Go ahead. It's one of those things of like sticking too hard to the rules of improv is kind of a silly thing to do anyway. So I think that's why I enjoyed seeing it uh, in that format, especially if you're going to be recording it, it's for an audience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like it was one of those ones uh, Netflix just kept auto playing it. And then I, I just got bitter about Netflix constantly being like, you need to watch this. You need to watch this. And I was just like, I'm never, oh, fuck you. <laughs> like it just kept auto playing like this one clip. And I got tired of hearing him repeat that phrase. Yeah. Uh, so I, I need totally to give it another shot. I need to, I need to actually like watch it and get past Netflix's marketing because they're bad at it. They're really bad. <laughs> I love how they're like, they're just going on the fact that they're Netflix and like every other streaming yeah. platform is like, Ooh, buddy, we don't know about that anymore. Yeah. <laughs> They're just like, we're Netflix, you're going to eat our trash. And every other platform's like, what if we actually like made posters about our shows and yeah. uh, promoted them to audiences that would be interested? Yeah. Not just going off the fact, hey, we're Netflix, so. Yeah. And I've also uh, got... Do you have anything? Yeah, I've got American Dad written down just because I, I watch a lot of American Dad and I think it's one of the best like comedy cartoons going right now like it's it's way better than family guy way 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 better because the characters actually have character i i haven't seen it on a regular basis in like two years but i remember it like still going strong when i was watching it like two years ago yeah they moved over tb over to tbs several years back which i think is good because they kind of retooled the show just a little bit they added like cold opens Mm. And because it was getting really stale on Fox, like they got to a point where like every show had like a long montage in the middle of it. And they've yeah. largely gotten rid of that. And it's it's just so funny. 
is what well, I know me... they expanded the writer's room when they moved it over too, which I hear a lot of people kind of like give uh, why it's gotten a lot better for the just jokes and yeah, they did that. They started getting sense. a lot more like comedians. Yeah, they, they brought in some spots. good writers. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, just it's it's. I feel like that simple concept of like just don't let like one person do all the writing. We don't need any more Aaron Sorkins in this world. Just give it to a group of people that are new and good at it. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, as far as my things that I watched that I didn't care for, I've got two. I, I watched the Peanuts movie, and uh, though I love the Peanuts characters and I thought the animation style was really good, it was a very paint by numbers charlie brown movie like okay we got to have this thing because people expect it we got to have this thing because people expect it it's kind of kind of dull i didn't even know there was a peanuts movie this year it wasn't this year this was like five years ago yeah yeah i guess actually i didn't know that there were peanuts movies other than like you know the holiday ones yeah Yeah, watch those those are way better Yeah, those oh, are yeah. Great. I Classics. watch those all the time. Yeah. 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 And Vince Crowley Trio, give me that music, baby. It's so good. <laughs> and I've also got Picard, the new Star Trek show oh, that yeah. got Patrick Stewart back. It's yeah. terrible. It's so stupid. <laughs> Picard is like just... Patrick Stewart's an old man. Like they do that whole like showing him like aging like <laughs> ten years right next to Lindsay Lohan, like meth and earl gray tea but he's still an old man and yeah. it's like they're they're they don't want to make a star trek show but that's the ip they have so they made a star trek so they tr- just added all this stupid stuff into it uh patrick stewart's the only show character other than i guess they get uh, brent spiner as data who looks terrible in especially yeah, makeup. He, he, he just looks so fat fat and old <laughs> as we can all hope to be one day uh it's it's the weird thing i, I feel like it's a, a deeply personal thing because i grew up with star trek because i got a real nerdy dad um and like the original series and then next generation's all about like hey what if things actually went well and like let's say we had a socialistic society that tried to solve issues wherever they went and that's the fun of it and then they're like you know, after the J.J. Abrams, but they're like, what if it was just an action series that was all the other dumb shit? And that's what they've been doing for a lot of the new series, too. Yeah, the like, idea no, that, that humanity can be better, that Star was already rooted, always rooted in Star Trek with, like, the Federation and Starfleet, that's gone. And it's never going to yeah. come back. Oh, boy. Yeah. I'll blame the West Wing somehow. I don't know, but I'll, I'll fight for that. <laughs> Uh, I don't. I don't know if we put it in any of our list, but I think because everybody's been talking about it. But uh, I like the Mandalorian, but I feel like there's not a lot to say about it other than like, hey, if you like Akira Kurosawa films and uh, you like alien shooting spacemen, great show. <laughs> so yeah, no, it's, it's it's super fun. I'm I'm constantly surprised by how good it looks. Yeah, yeah, simple as that. Uh, and then Martin, did you have a, a list of a few other items? Yeah, yeah, just a, just a few to go through real quick. Um, this is also something that I only saw this year, um, and I guess good year for it. Uh, Shit's Creek, oh, just yeah. fantastic yeah. series. It's just, it's just filled with character actors who fucking know what they're doing, and I love it. Hell yeah, Shit's Creek, so good. I was happy when it's when it did its sweep uh, at the Emmys. It was well deserved. It's mm-hmm. it's what a sitcom should be. It's you know it gets a little corny, but every time it works, I get all I get a little misty eyed. I'm like, oh yeah. They're so good at it. They're, it's just everyone doing what they love and just doing it really well. 
it's oh it's so good yeah it's uh, it's weird saying and it's, uh, it's a very glasses. similar thing yeah it's weird saying that he's but... hot. <laughs> he's hot who knew uh, i would fuck him in that show sorry uh yeah. you know whatever his kid's name is don't care yeah. he's Damn hot in that show whatever don't care give me the the dad because we got a dilf over here <laughs> yeah. and then uh any show that's given chris elliott work once again i'm gonna support so yeah oh yeah absolutely yeah eagle uh, heart yeah eagle i mean you got eagle heart you cabin boy it's it's a good list let me tell you yeah. <laughs> uh, and other than that uh this is the i, I watched a lot of anime this year but Same. uh the 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 one that came out on top and this is after way too much anime uh jojo's bizarre adventure oh yeah it's ooh i uh, jojo's bizarre adventure is very long very long running and i would recommend just if any of it looks interesting to you it's a fantastical series about absolutely gorgeous people throwing ghosts at each other it's so (laughs) fucking cool it's it's a hard show to describe and i I avoided putting anime in my list because it'd be too hard to explain jojo's might be one of those but this is what i'm going to say about the show if you've ever wanted to see beautiful muscular men fighting each other but somehow also erasing toxic masculinity at the same time it is the perfect anime because it's like we're gorgeous we're bisexual and we love it like simple as that it's just it's the fucking it's the hottest anime man you could ever imagine in the weirdest like top of the trends at the time fashion choices because this has been consistently running since like 1988 yes so the fashion the fashion evolves uh, very much so especially when you get to later parts yeah oh god and even beyond i'm sorry i I, there were three animes on my list and i was like okay i can either go for the one that's easiest to explain or i can go for the one that's the hardest to explain i want to go for the weirdest one thank you jojo's (laughs) it's it's just very good i would recommend it to anyone who is interested in it at all just jump in whenever uh start with start with part four that's great that's that's a david bowie murder mystery yeah i mean the the guy who originally did the comic uh and a lot of the creative force behind it uh hirohiki arika uh he started off as uh wanting to go to school to be a fashion designer but manga is really popular slash comics in japan he's like well this looks more fun to do and I feel like that mindset just carried over to the whole thing that he did for the last 30 to 40 years now which is beautiful <laughs> It's it's just it's it's decked out in the eccentricities of its author because he just loves like I don't know dumb fun facts and he'll find a way to like weave those into the story in an interesting way. Yeah. Also musical references in parts one and two. There's a character whose name is Robert E O Speedwagon. <laughs> so He's stupid. everyone's favorite character. Yeah. He has like a like a hat that he throws like odd job I think. Yes. Yes, it's got blades in it. He also teaches the main character how to uh, block chi and project sunlight to kill a vampire. It's such a good show, man. You see, the funny thing I like about JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, because like, in the 90s, before anyone in America knew anything about that show, they released a video game, a, a fighting game for the PlayStation, that actually became kind of popular in the right circles. That, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I just, I just remember that being a thing in like the PlayStation magazine I read at the time talking about this game. You like you should get this game. It's really awesome. It's a weird based on a weird anime, but even even if you don't know it, you'll have fun playing this game. Yeah. 
I uh, I love when I've had friends starting to watch that and then ask me questions of like, hey, is this like an anime trope I don't know about? Or is it some weird thing? Like, no, it's just a weird series. There's no reason they have this in there, but it's great. <laughs> it's yeah, I'm going to I'm jumping on that recommendation, too. But I, I think that's a that's about covers it. I think we should get to our own personal recommendations for the year ahead of like anything we've been enjoying this week and then uh, head out of here and, uh, you know, cross our fingers that we're all not dead at the end of 2021. <laughs> Here's hoping. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'd say for recommendations, I uh, I recently got into a podcast that's on the history of terrible people and organizations called Behind the Bastards, uh, if you oh, haven't listened to it. Very good. Great episodes on why cops have always been evil. And also, if you ever want to know why uh, Dwight D. Eisenhower is such a dick, uh, <laughs> great to listen to. I was um, going through it it's a fun listen even though it is like very dark topics but hey you know what they say about history it's cool <laughs> anyways that's a it's a really good podcast there's a really good uh there's an episode i think it's it might be a few but it's about this woman who like kidnapped a ton of adopted babies and she basically like created the modern concept of adoption but she also was a horrible person who kidnapped babies all over the country yeah, it's it's a good reminder of why holding on tradition in this day and age makes absolutely no sense for most everything. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, any other recommendations you want uh, to get out there, gang, go for it. Recommendations. Oh, take 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 a bath. Take a nice relaxing bath. Get yeah. a scented candle. <laughs> yeah. Set up a set up a nice long podcast. You're just turn on the radio. When's the last time you turned on the radio? Uh yeah. I you know, I'm gonna recommend my own podcast. You should check out TV oh, I yeah. Say with Ashley Ray. I got some exciting yes. guests coming in January. Uh and also, oh, uh American Gods is coming back to Star Wars. Oh, that's another in good one too. Uh, and this new season is like very different. It's like based in Wisconsin and focuses on uh, um, uh, I can't remember the character's name. Uh, Ricky Whittle's character. Um, he becomes the main character now. So it's I'm excited for this new season. I love that show. So yeah, yeah. great book too. If you never read uh, the Neil Gaiman yeah, one, it's yeah. based off. Um, did you ever visit the house in the Rock up in Wisconsin? Yeah, I, I just love that it's such a centerpiece to the whole series because it's like oh god, I love that place. I miss, I miss going places. <laughs> Me too. Even yeah. Wisconsin. Same. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, Luke, if you got anything to recommend? Nah. <laughs> yeah, we did. <laughs> you know, good point. We did just spend an hour 20 doing that, so I get it. But, uh, yeah, thanks so much for joining us, Ashley. I'm going to double plug that podcast because I had to listen to it. It's really fun. I mean, if you like media because you're listening to this, you should obviously yeah, listen to that. It's uh, it's literally the whole show is just the, it's just me talking about TV. I like just make giant lists of everything I watched and I talk about it. Uh, and then I have people from TV shows and just people uh, come and talk to me about it. Um, I've had, like I said, Steven Weber, Seth Rogen, Roxanne Gay, um, Oh, Nico Anon, that was a great one. Lots of people from 90 Day Fiance because I love that reality show. That's some trash I love. (laughs) So if you want to hear me talk to 90 Day Fiance celebrities, stars, (laughs) check out TV I Say with Ashley Ray. Nice. Uh, Well, we we still have to do our outro saying. I think it's even more weird after doing a more serious episode, but we'll see if we can get it right. (laughs) All right, here we go. Try it out. I think we can do it. I think we can do it.
Yeah. This is going to be the one. We've been doing it for two years now. I think almost trying to get it correct. All right. Three, two, one. You're going You're gonna to like, like the way, way I fuck. fuck. Oh, no. I, guarantee I guarantee it. it. Uh, okay. We got we one at least not waiting for each other to talk this time. Yeah. yeah we, it's, it's hard to explain why we're doing this and why we're still trying, and we refuse to. So... It's a dream that won't die. It's fine. Yeah. You, I felt a lot of passion in it, and I think that's what ma- that's what matters. Yeah, I mean, gotta follow your heart. Um, yeah. But as always, you know, thanks for joining us, and uh, here's Tracy Chapman's fast car. <laughs> so I remember when we were driving, driving in your car, speed so fast I felt like I was drunk. City lights day out before us, and your arm felt nice wrapped around my shoulder, and I, I had a feeling that I belonged. This show has been brought to you by Machine Culture.